The following podcast has coarse language and subject matter that you might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. When we die, do we get to choose? Do we get to choose whether or not we move to the next place or stay earthbound in spirit form? Can we be reincarnated? Or just float and become a distant star? Do we get to choose who we haunt? I think about this often, given the nature of this podcast, and I'm not sure what I would decide, or if I need to prepare an answer for when my time comes. What would you do if you could do it differently? Not all hauntings are scary. They can be beautiful. A rectification of your life through death. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. Growing up sensitive is a challenge. Where do you go for advice or guidance? How do you explain to someone you need protection from something that you can't see, but you know is there? Well, sometimes it takes the spirit world to protect you from the spirit world. My name is Leah. I live in a small town called Kleinberg. I moved here, I believe it was 95 or 96. I was eight or nine years old. It was a very old house. It had been repossessed by the bank, so no one had like been in this house for quite some time. When we first moved in, we had squirrels that had broken into the house. They were, it was a mess. In the basement, there was a monkey cage because the previous owner was a vet and he had monkeys. I had a typical household for an Italian household. You know, there were feelings, there were loud discussions. We didn't have fights. We had loud, we were discussing things, you know. Uh, no one really fights when you're Italian. It's just talking. Um, it was very stressful. Our family was sort of going through a big terror from my dad's family, and so feelings were running high. And um, my dad works in construction, so you live in renovations when you are a construction family. My mom had sort of a Disney approach, even to Halloween, you know, we could dress up as ghosts or she would make our costumes and so we could be any I think I was a Care Bear one year didn't really talk about ghosts Um, my dad did like to hide around the house and scare the shit out of us my family was very neutral about ghosts we didn't talk about it I didn't really think it was a thing aside from Casper 
When we moved in, it was chaos. So I was left alone a lot. I had an older brother, but I was often alone. And so moving to the country, it felt very isolating. Like I couldn't just get on my bike and go ride. Leah started noticing that the house had a vibe. I remember always feeling like I was being watched. I would get these sort of pauses where you'd be doing something and then all of a sudden you have to stop and listen because you felt like there was somebody there watching you. But you couldn't. There couldn't be anybody watching you because you're in the middle of nowhere alone in a house. Um, My parents both worked full time, so my brother and I were alone a lot. So I knew no one was in the house, and yet you felt like somebody was in the house standing behind you. I definitely think there's a sensitivity there. I always do get this vibe, especially when I stay in older places. There's a feeling of something's here. Because I was an like, imaginative child and um, very always in my head, my parents were so dismissive of like, no, I swear to God I saw this. Or no, 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 I feel like there's someone here. I heard something. My dad would be like, okay, relax. Let's not be dramatic. And I think because it was such a stressful time, they thought it was maybe a reaction to the stress. And so I just chalked it up to being an imaginative kid. But we did have a large Old English sheepdog named Sam. And he was very vocal. He was not a vocal dog. He did not bark inadvertently. Um, But when we moved here, he definitely became very responsive to specific areas of the house. The front door where you walked in, that corner, there he would sit there and growl at the corner. A few times downstairs in the basement where that monkey cage was, ironically, um, that would always cause some sort of reaction to him. My parents would always chalk it up like, oh, we live in the country, like he's just hearing things and barking. And I'm like, I don't think so, because it's always at the same time of day. It's always at the same corner. It's not, they didn't listen. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll get this something 'er ne'er-do-well is in the area. And I'll, my mom was like, okay, if you feel this feeling, you have to say any spirit that does not wish me well has to leave. And she'd say it three times and they have to leave. And I'm like, is this some sort of rule that we've, she goes, I'm telling you, Leah, they have to. I'm like, okay. My mom is sort of like an OG Catholic and, you know, she believes in the saints and all that kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, if, She's like, you have to say it three times. I'm like, that's some old school Italian shit. So yeah, I believe you. Okay, that's the way we're going to do it. And you know what? It does work. Continuously, as as the years went on, I still have that feeling of like something's here. Something creepy is here. Something here is going to cause me to freak out. And then I'll say it three times and it'll go away. So there must be some sort of agreement 
that spirits have that they're like, all right, we're going to peace out. It's like that Beetlejuice, the Beetlejuice vibe, right? So Leah grew up dealing with her sensitivity in that way, and eventually, as a young adult, moved abroad for school. Upon her return to her family home, she didn't realize she'd find herself in a very familiar situation, wrestling with those who needed to be known, and stopped at no lengths to get her attention. I was home from university. I lived in San Francisco, then I would come home every summer. So one summer I was at home in the middle of the night. I was half asleep. I have a habit of sleeping with the light on because I keep seeing stuff when the lights are off. So I sleep with the light on. The one night I sleep with the light off, I was in my room. I was sleeping and something was like, somebody's watching you. I must have slept on my side. I rolled over and there was this woman. And this woman in white was standing on my bed laughing maniacally at me. The woman was small. Uh, She had on like a white dress and like a cap. Could have been like a really old um, nurse's uniform or a really old hospital gown that maybe a mental patient would have worn. And she had long hair and her face was like right up in my shit, but I could not see her face. Felt this woman leaning over me and I kicked and started screaming like, what the fuck? Get out, get out, get out. And I turned on all the lights and all I heard was laughing. (laughs) No one was there. No one was there laughing. All I hear is maniacal, like insane laughing. Yeah, like a cackling in my head. And I thought maybe this is it. Like maybe I've snapped. And I'm cold, sweating. I'm cold. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And I remember the next day I was like, dad, like, I swear to God this happened. And he was like, okay. There was someone there. There's a woman. I kicked her. I kicked her. And I turned on the light. I heard her laughing. Every time I closed my eyes, I could hear her laughing. From then on, I refused to sleep in my room without the light on. But I heard, I can hear her voice laughing. Every once in a while, when I remember it, I'm like, I can still hear that bitch's voice. It's so unsettling. Leah had some light shed on this event from an unlikely source. And apparently, this woman in white wasn't unfamiliar. So around the time this terrifying event occurred, I was seeing a therapist who was very spiritual, very open to different ideas and beliefs. I would go to her twice a week and we would talk about things. And then she would also do um, body work or Reiki on me. And so when I told her about what had happened, because obviously I didn't just like, go away. 
the feeling was terrifying. And I, so I went to my therapist like a couple of days after it happened. And I told her, I said, listen, I had the craziest dream. I swear it wasn't a dream. It was real. And she said, yes, I've seen her when we do Reiki together. What her therapist said next was even more unexpected. When I do Reiki on you, I know that there are guides that come into your come into the room with us while I'm doing Reiki on you. And one of these guides, one of them happens to be my grandfather. My mother's father, who I've never met, he died way before I was born. He was paranoid schizophrenic. Because of like my grandfather's history and him like abandoning my grandmother and my mom and her sisters, we just like didn't talk about it. It was painful. Um, you know, mental illness is a thing where like depression is okay, but paranoid schizophrenic isn't. That's like the serious crazy where you just like, Shh, we don't talk about it. And my grandmother just like never talked about it. Just don't talk about it. I'm sure that like what happened between them as husband and wife was very traumatic. And um, she just, I mean, she took that to the grave. Like whatever her suffering was with him, that was it. That was the day that she told me that my grandfather's spirit is the one that kind of, um, he is kind of, like this little guardian angel that follows me around and acts as a little bubble wrap barrier for me. She said that this woman was most likely an ancestor that was coming around causing shit in the house. My therapist did say, like, she won't be coming back because your grandfather was like, no, you can't come see her because you don't know how to act, right? I guess they have their own conversations up there. I don't know what they do. Um, but I guess there was a, a situation where my grandfather was like, no, don't worry about it. My therapist did say, she was like, you know, there's a man that lives in your room and he sits in front of your bookshelf and he's really irritated that you leave the light on all the time. And I was like, I didn't tell you that I leave the light on all the time. I guess that explains why she felt like she was being watched. Once she was made aware of her grandfather's presence, Leah noticed how he intervened in her life and how he protected her, not only from menacing spirits, but from danger. I was driving home from work. It was late. And it's now it's four lanes, but it used to be just one lane, one lane. I was coming up a hill and a Mack truck came screaming up the hill. And I freaked out, pulled over. Just, it just missed me. Like this Mack truck was passing all these cars into oncoming traffic. And I just kept, I pulled out of the way, honked my horn and kept going. Like nothing had happened. A Mack truck is big. You don't just like pull over to avoid it. You pull over and you have to wait for it to pass. And then I pulled back and I continued to drive home. And I got home and I was like, mom, you would not believe what just happened. 
And she was like, how could that have happened without you being absolutely destroyed by this truck? There's no way. And when my therapist told me about my grandfather, I thought that must be one of those things where he was like, all right, bubble wrap. Leah moved on and purchased a loft in the city, but the strange activity followed her. I moved into my apartment in 2013. Um, it is the candy factory. Um, it, they used to make rockets there, the those candies that we all get at ha- Halloween. I've lived alone for a long time here and there all over the world, but this was like my first home that I own. Uh, right next door to 999 Queen Street, which if those who listening don't know, it's CAMH, so Center for Addiction and Mental Health. It's inpatient, people can live there. And across the street, is my apartment. And my apartment actually looks into the little courtyard. So I moved in there end of 2012 into 2013. My mom's dad lived at CAMH. He was paranoid schizophrenic. So he would receive treatment there and he was a full-time patient for a while um, in the 60s. And so it was very strange for my mom to have me living there because she was she was like, of all, the, of all the apartments in the whole entire world, you bought this apartment that faces into the building where my grandfather was treated. Leah was aware that her grandfather was inpatient at a hospital for mental health. But what she didn't know was that she had purchased a property across from where he had lived. He passed before she was born, and the family barely spoke of him. It blew my mind when she told me that. Because this grandfather is her guardian. I moved in and we set up and it was very peaceful. It's very quiet. So the the apartment's very open concept. So you can see pretty much every part of it from the kitchen. And... um, I had my like living room area into one corner and then my bedroom was in the other corner and then the bathroom is in the back. So it's all open concept. From the time I moved in, there was always something kind of odd that would happen. I was sitting in my kitchen doing something and I hear the TV flickering on and off, on and off, on and off. And I thought, man, like they're short. Did I, I checked, I was like, am I sitting on the converter? And then it turned on. And then it turned off. And you sort of like sit there and you're quiet and you're trying to hear like. And I thought, oh, my neighbors have the same converter as me and they're turning my TV on. Like that's where my head went first, where I'm like, that's clearly what it is, right? <laughs> I'm like, that's even more illogical than thinking there's a ghost. So there was really no rhyme or reason to it to say like, oh, you know, I had all these electrical things on and then my TV started going on and off. Like there was a short somewhere. No, it was like the TV's off, lights are off. I'm in the other section. I'm focusing on something else. And then all of a sudden it was like off, on, off, on, off, on, off. I find always, I'm always alone 
I've never had this experience where somebody's been with me and I'm like, yo, did you just see that? No, no, I'll just be sitting in my apartment, minding my own business. I went to go see my therapist that that day. I'm like, listen, the craziest shit just happened in my apartment. And as I'm talking to her, her light starts flickering on and off. And she goes, oh, your grandfather's here. She said, he's just trying to tell you that he's here. And he's, he's here with you. So as time went on, little things continued around the apartment. A gentle reminder of his presence. I realized all the lamps in my apartment had been unplugged. And it would be like that. Like, I would come home and there would be something unplugged. And I'm thinking, is this like a game? Is this like a game? (laughs) It's not funny. And I asked my mom at this point now, because I knew who it was, I was like, let me ask you a question. Is, was your dad kind of like a jokester? And she goes, oh yeah, he would play pranks all the time. I always felt my apartment was very calm. Like I, I never felt scared to be in there. Um, but I always had the feeling of like when I opened the lock and open the door, I'm like, what am I gonna walk into? Like I'm walking into someone's home that lives there, like I'm interrupting someone's space, even though it's my house. I always had this vibe of like, I'm gonna open up the door, I'm gonna see something. Everything remained subtle until one night, Leah did see something. Wake up and I sit up in bed And there's three men in my kitchen standing, but they're like from the 70s. So there's a big tall guy smoking a cigarette in like bell bottoms, a turtleneck. I can see his outfit. Bell bottoms, turtleneck, and like a Vietnam jacket, like a combat jacket. Um, a smaller man who had black hair and kind of olive complexion and a third man who I feel like had curly hair and a beard and they're sitting around talking loudly smoking cigarettes and they were old cans like you know the old cans not the bubble cans like the 70s style beer cans they were drinking and the weird thing too was that I felt like the light over my counter was different than what is originally there. Like I feel like there was, like I woke up in a different little universe. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And they stop, look at me, and everything goes black. And then I'm all of a sudden waking up again. I re-woke up. And it smells like cigarettes in my apartment. I don't smoke. And no one who comes to my apartment smokes in my apartment. And no one on my floor smokes. And I have a feeling that like, one, the little guy with the dark hair would have been my grandfather and then his two homies. I'm sitting there like, I can't tell anyone about this because this is... This is next level crazy. Like, this isn't just a lady standing over your bed laughing maniacally. People can be like, yeah, no, I get that one. But like three guys just having beers smoking in your apartment. Yeah, okay. 
I did, I did search for pictures after because I thought, okay, I need to see if, I need to identify somebody that I recognize because why else would there be three random people in my apartment? I don't know why I was so like, there can't be three random spirits. It has to be one of them has to be someone I know. Leah spoke to her mother about what happened. I described him first and she goes, oh my God, and showed me the picture. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's him. And she goes, you saw him? And I said, I saw him in my apartment smoking. And so my mom did send me, I think there's one picture she has. And she said, oh, this is your grandfather. And I thought, oh my God, it is him. It's him. It's just like a really good-looking, chiseled Italian man with black, shiny hair. That little guy was my grandfather. I don't necessarily think that all spirits are bad and mean. I think some of them are just there to look out for you. You know, again, I because I knew it was my grandfather, I didn't feel scared or like something was going to hurt me. If anything, it kind of made me feel a, a connection to something I never, I don't have a real connection to my mom's side of the family. Like my grandfather died before I was born. He had left the family years. Like when my mom was still a kid, he left because he was sick. It was kind of nice to feel like, oh, my grandfather chose me out of anyone. He never met me. I didn't have any connection to this man, and yet he decided to connect with me. And I remember telling my grandmother, it was kind of hard. She, I mean, she's an Italian immigrant, um, but she's pretty smart. And I said, you know, Grandma, what if I told you, like, oh, your husband kind of looks out for me? And she was sort of quiet. And she was like, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. She goes, you guys are very... She goes, I feel like you would have gotten along really, really well with him. Because she was really the only one who knew him before he became really ill. I mean, it's possible that I just was open enough. Like, my consciousness was open enough to accept the idea that this would be somebody or that I could see it and maybe he loved that I would be able to see it after I found this out I did ask my mom like what what can you tell me and she's like I I really don't remember I mean he left when he left when she was six but she's like I do remember him being okay sometimes that he could actually be a dad and he was really quite lovely and so I'm at this point where I, I don't really know who he is as a man, but I get to know him as this little thing. I think it helps me make peace with what my family history is. You know, like everyone has their family history, right? For me, helps me have a connection to something that had maybe a really negative um, aspect to it. And I can sort of heal that with this connection I have with this man. Something became complex when I edited this episode. I changed parts a hundred times. I was so driven to tell this story correctly. And I really hope he's happy with it. 
Special thanks to Leah for sharing her story. If you have a sec, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. Story submissions can be sent to hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Geist is written and directed by Danielle Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Episode mixed and mastered by Adam Esker. Geist logo is by Jake Carruthers. Follow us on all social media platforms at Geist underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.